Okay, but why does Cave Carson have an interstellar eye? Does that like let him see into outer space? Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mid Comic Radio, your local comic shop, shrunk down, gamma rated, it's sworn to protect a world that fears and hates it, and aired live-ish every week, only on the non-productive network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio, as always, by Pete and Al, and our special guest, John Trumbull of Back Issue Magazine from Two Morris Publishing, and we are, of course, wrapping up our 12-issue deep dive into Crisis on Infinite Earths, 1985's book. <laughs> the book that came out. Oh, it's a book. It's a book. Wow. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, that's right. Uh, although, in the I last mean, two why issues... would you go spelunking into a black hole? <laughs> what do you What do you expect to find? <laughs> Look, I'm reading synopses just... about this, and like, it just keeps getting weirder. We're and weirder. not talking okay. about this Cave Carson book. We are, in fact, talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, Twelve issues in. We're, we're wrapping it all up now. In a I, super big issue. Just to mm-hmm. recap for everyone, half the people on this panel uh, have read it for the first time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird how we got our geek cred without reading it earlier in our lives. And the other half have read it uh, uh, beforehand. And are and we're just trying to relive this entire thing. Yep, It's a big deal. Let's get into it. Uh, Al, you had your hand up. I want to say, like, we were... Last week we were talking a little bit about how the cover was a bit of weak sauce. I <laughs> love this cover uh, like yeah. a lot. <laughs> George Perez brought it. Yeah, this is a super uh, extended big issue, and this is this might be the best action shot cover we had. Yeah, it probably is, is brilliant. You see the scope of the world underneath. Well, at least a city uh, underneath you. You've got the anti monitor big and present and and. Horrible looking, and you got a little feature on so many different heroes and pariah in the <laughs> oh. I had to do it. I had oh. to in this issue, really nice. I have to say, doing this reread and not just uh, like reading it issue by issue and getting to actually notice the covers, man, has it made me want to just go buy the entire series like in mm-hmm. like trade paperback That's at a, my local comic book yeah. shop just because like i would it would cost me a little bit not a ton but it would cost me a little bit to do it but man i'm, I'm actually really tempted i think in trade paperback it wouldn't be that bad but yeah. individual issues might might yeah. especially yeah. depending on the grade on the issues but i think it's definitely something worth doing it'd be yeah. fun to yeah. do yeah yeah i just i love all the heroes like trapped in between the fingers of the anti-monitor's fists mm-hmm. and they're all just struggling to Get free. That's great. Oh, yeah. That's so wonderful. Amazing. Really, I'm really trying fun. to imagine what it's like for the anti-monitor there. Like, I'm imagining it's it's like squeezing a giant wad of silly putty. Yeah. <laughs> Where are, feeling the, feeling the Arthur Curry your, is, the, is one of the biggest lumps of putty there is. Yeah. He does not look like he's doing well. Actually, it looks like uh, Alexander Luther is... Um, is 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 dying in this. You're like clutching a fistful of curry. Yeah, you're yeah right. Arthur Curry. Uh-huh. All right, so enough of that. But let's go into the... And really, the art in this last issue is amazing. It's like mm-hmm. they they knew this was going to be the last issue, right? Yeah. George Paris and Jerry mm-hmm. Ordway, they know what they're doing, man. Uh, so we've got the... Um, what did you call this group? This Or at least half this group? Uh, the Forgotten Heroes. The Forgotten Heroes. Is, is the group that Dolphin, Rip Hunter, and Animal Man... And I'm surprised you didn't remember that, Frank. <laughs> oh, bing! Uh, I, would, I don't know if I mentioned this. I think it was more in issue 11 than 12. But Animal Man, whose gimmick was being funny, part of his gimmick was, yeah. was yeah. his humor... Who breaks the fourth wall at one point points that out. Does that so often in the last two books, in this book and the... 11th issue yeah. mm-hmm. at the worst moments and I'm like <laughs> dude we got 
I know you have the voice down for Animal Man. We could use less of the voice. <laughs> I, I do love that when the heroes on Brainiac Ship, they're looking at like a big screen and they see the Earth is missing. It's not here. And they're like, I don't understand. Where did it go? And Animal Man just goes, don't look at me. I didn't take it. That is genuinely funny. Yeah. I, I, I found that disagree. amusing. <laughs> now, this is... Uh, was he the one who said, uh, cut my calories and, yeah, yeah. and call me skinny? Yes. What are you yes. doing? People are dying. He's yeah. got a brand to maintain. I think, I think maybe Marv just missed writing Changeling, and he's like, I got to get some bad jokes in yeah, here somewhere. I can understand oh, this, that. This guy's got animal powers. He could do, do the yeah, same jokes. Yeah, he's, he's, my, he's my proto-Changeling. Now, my favorite part about cut my calories, though, was that someone called him on it. Yes. <laughs> Like the and then so he's good. like, hey, he's off on the jokes. I got a rep to maintain. Uh, yeah. Do you, Animal Man? Do just, you? Just No, a, you uh, don't, but it's fine. Yeah. A real world timeline question here. This is before Grant Morrison's reinvention of yes. the character, right? Yeah. Okay. Before he got his cool leather jacket and became that's vegan. How you can tell. Well, it's arguable. No leather yeah. jacket. Uh, yeah, so he, that's he's how you tell that whole trend. He's, he's the reason ha- all, half of comics were wearing right leather jackets in the 90s. So Before there was Neo, there was Animal I Man. I didn't realize yeah. this. There's a big uh, 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 continuity error in our podcast. What's Last that? episode, we talked about the RE the REM statements uh-huh. uh, that that Brainiac was making, but he doesn't come online until this issue. So we're Oops. we're gonna if you this pointed is, that uh, out, if built you pointed, on a lie. If you pointed that out before we air this episode, and you told us, you may get a no prize. Uh, from Only if the you explain why we. Why we were why that Terrible. why that yeah, wasn't that, a mistake. That, that's not like programming language. It's just uh, Brainiac. He was he was working on like a proto Napster, and he just downloaded all R- of REM's nice. yes, catalog. That was a joke worth making. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we are not, I, honestly. We are I don't, so tired. It's twelve issues and twelve episodes. We just want to get through this. That's but such uh, a glaring error. I don't even think we should finish this podcast. Oh yeah, everybody's yeah. well just good night, up. everybody. There we go. Credits. We should we should journey back to the dawn of time and remake this oh, podcast. So oh, I want to create a monitor that lets me uh, see that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, nothing bad can happen from that. So at this point, uh, for the uh, the unknown heroes are telling Brainiac, "Hey, Brainiac, we need help, please." Uh, can you help us? And he's like, I, I have some major gaps in my memory. They yeah. tell him, and he's like, you know what? This this holds together better than anything I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do How like... How many jerks were gonna go do evil stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that he's like, oh, you know, your your respiration and, and yeah, all no. your vital signs are normal, so you're obviously telling the truth. I like that he figures it out logically. I do, and uh, I love the fact that Brainiac has been in a desperate attempt to find a bunch of bros this entire time. <laughs> I also like the fact that this predates uh, the the popularization of that logical fallacy, because the the it is actually just you believe you're telling the truth. Yeah, um, yeah, enough. Yeah, they mm. could be psychotic yeah. or something. But, but Brainiac doesn't figure that out. So we get uh, it, for he's the, not good with the human nature. For the mm. for the splash page of Final Crisis, we get a call back to the the uh, last few uh, the last panel of the eleventh issue with the red outline of the the anti monitor looming in the skies. Please don't look at this with three D glasses. You'll have, <laughs> you'll give yourself a brain hemorrhage. It feels like it could be something, but let's not experiment on this. And yeah, we. Uh, uh, we the heroes are uncovering the darkness. This is this feels like genuine payoff for the red skies phenomenon mm-hmm. that's been in all these issues and all the crossovers for so long. Not that this is a direct tie-in for what the red skies.
guys were, but the fact that like the the, the stakes here, the the mood is serious, and I appreciate that. Down to the point where we're we Kid Flash finds out that the Flash is dead through uh, Anti Monitor's uh, boasting is you know devastating. I really do appreciate yeah. the the tone that they're setting with this, and the fact that the uh, the uh, the all the people of the one Earth are now aware that, despite the fact that they were blissfully unaware of the multiverse and all the things that happened beforehand, they're now aware of the shadow demons coming out for them or or, or going to be aware of it very soon. One thing I'm going to say, it was slightly distracting for me, or detracting for me, mm-hmm. was the fact that I, I thought the drama of Kid Flash's realization that the Flash is dead was undercut by uh, Marv telling us so clearly at the time that the flash was dead. Yeah. Like we know, we know he's dead. We know he's been dead for mm-hmm. issues. I feel like he didn't need, there's a great scene with kid flash later. I feel like that was all we really needed. We yeah. didn't need to, to, what's the front loading it? Is that what it's called? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I think we did need that realization for kid flash early in the issue to justify his actions later oh, on. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I, I think it's just setting up for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, I mean, I, I just kind of assumed that he already knew because we knew. I also he think was it's missing. A, I think mm-hmm. that this is yeah. one of those good moments where you show, don't tell. Uh, mm-hmm. So having characters have emotional responses to the stakes you've made them go through this entire time makes it feel like payoff for the end of a story. I so agree. right now I'm seeing Kid Flash panicking of the death of the hero. I'm reminded of the death of the hero. Keep in mind, it's been a while since I read the last yeah, it's issue. Been a, it's been a few. It's been issues, a few, yeah, yeah months. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a good refresher. I think it's pretty healthy. Um, some beautiful visuals on what the uh, the universe looks like, the negative universe up through Superman's eyes. Once and, again, I'm really happy with the Superman reactions here, and mm-hmm. you know, just being like, I wish I didn't was able to hear those. Like, and then the other guy studying and being like, No, it's going to be okay. I know mm-hmm. so much is going on, but we'll deal with this. We got yeah. it. Yeah, I also like them just standing in the. The black void. It's yeah. just very moody, and it's it, they do some great lighting effects. That's great. In this, yeah, in this book, the 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 art really does the cinematography of this book mm-hmm. plays out, and I really do appreciate that. I think that's the creepiest rendering of. I think it's Metamorpho. Yeah, that uh-huh. I've ever seen. Uh, Perez does a great Metamorpho. Yeah. So uh, it. This is the part where Harbinger basically says, I need to do my Harbinger thing and gather all the heroes together. Now, what would maybe on paper seem like retreading boring material? Because I I think, I I don't know if I, I, we'll have to go back and listen to the old podcast, but like, I don't know if I was very uh, on board with Harbinger's little travel around the earth's gathering people didn't really seem it seemed like there was a lot of uh nelson months in the simpsons going there's no time to talk follow me and he stops to drink at the water fountain and it keeps going like like you can just tell me what's going on uh at that time here it's done i think perfectly as she goes from place to place to recruit these heroes and i think it bookends the story in a wonderful way yeah it started off with a gathering of heroes where heroes weren't really on board or understood anything that was happening and it ends with a gathering of heroes who know what their their job is it's, and what they're being asked to do exactly yeah yeah, yeah. 
I can say like the first one we go to is Doctor Light or the female Doctor Light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you. I was because, because females can be Doctor Lights too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's, it's 1985. Actually, it's actually one of the moments that like my first kind of problem with the issue actually shows up there, mm-hmm. where we get this moment where Doctor Light is having like, oh right, when I caused the death of Supergirl, and Harper just immediately like, no, 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 the battle was already gonna kill her. You didn't make a difference. It's fine. Like, no, let her have the pathos. Like no, I don't, you just let her die quick. Yeah. It was a mercy. Yeah, and like I feel like that's really <laughs> awkward and weird. And I feel, and not to hmm. say that I wanted her to be like mourning it or like you know full of the let Supergirl die. Like no, I meant like let her be forgiven. Let her forgive yeah. herself. It's, right. There's mm. so much more that matters in the like. You can I screwed forgive up yourself and, without finding out. Oh wait, it wasn't Chewie. Wasn't in the transport. Yeah. Chewie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But like, that's what's so heartbreaking about it is because, like, no, let her just grow. Let her yeah. be okay with it. Because like, uh, yeah. it's, it's kind a, it's, of it yeah. Just, yeah, it just hits me with it. It's, yeah, she was dying of cancer. It didn't matter that you bashed her brains in. I, I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay, we'll just leave that there. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're just doing sort of like the the sort of broad strokes characterization that we did in a lot of Bronze Age comics, where uh-huh. where it was like rather than see somebody work through the guilt, which is an understandably slower process. It's much easier to have that just instantly alleviated. So. Yeah, I and I yeah I also think at this point they were probably getting letters and they wanted to address some of the complaints that we even said it at the time. Uh, Supergirl seemed like she was killed because she uh, her friends wouldn't just keep escaping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, but fair point. Fair point, Al. Uh, the darkness is alive. The shadow demons who are the, that they they come raining in. Love the aesthetic. Love the the style. Like that. I feel like in sometimes you actually feel like the shadow demons are individuals yeah. in the way mm-hmm. they are drawn. I, at one point, I remember seeing some of them in capes. And, yeah, and yeah. I think, I think that, they were all supposed to be the monitors silhouette. Oh, uh, okay. But it doesn't happen all the time. So I'm wondering yeah. if, like, my at this point, I'm like, are these, you know, the shadows of all the people who had died in other universes? Those are, are the elite shadow demons. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Fine. Does uh, anybody else have the, have these, when they're seeing, reading the uh, panels with the shadow demons, have like the, the putties from, uh, oh, yeah. They're, they are, I'm I've just hearing to the them. Whoop, 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 oh, I don't actually hear their sound effects, but I, I've yeah, I don't them hear putties. them with Three Stooges sound effects. No. <laughs> I have referred to them as putties in this podcast. Yeah. So the, yeah yes. There's a montage of, um, all the different, uh, ways heroes are valiantly fighting back against the, um, the, uh, the shadow demons, which I think is pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. nice that we're still in the last issue of this crisis crossover. But th- still this is the thing about it, though. About As this is going on and the sh- and the demons start descending, this is when we get some people just kicking it. Like, yeah. there's a lot of just last minute, last issue, let's clean up some characters out of this. I'm shocked by some of what yeah, we, we it's Some of it's just rough. I actually, I actually just noticed like a couple characters in here that I never noticed before, like in the the panel with Bawana Beast where he's riding like a, on a giraffe. Yeah, he's got Congo Bill in there, and then the uh, there was some African Bushman guy who was in the Global Guardians, and I'm blanking on his name, and he's not identified by name. I think he was maybe he was named Impala. Oh, or wow. something. Yeah, but he's I kind of lost him in the the blur of color there. Yeah. So that, that's uh, neat to see. Well, I, my takeaway from that panel was, holy crap, a super giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, why did they not color in Changeling? Oh, wait, that's just well, a regular like giraffe. Well, like the wannabes, he had the power to like merge animals together Ugh. and make hybrid animals, which is a pretty cool original power. 
Yeah, so, it was really but weird. in this one, he like merged two giraffes. And got, <laughs> well, no, I, okay, the giraffe, a giraffe has like horns or something, so it's maybe merged no, with a rhino. No, no, or that's that's what know. a giraffe has. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a standard yeah. giraffe. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's so just a giraffe. We do eventually get a page that's um, the the crisis on infinite continents or uh, yeah. on several continents. Oh wait, hold on. Before we get too much further, I, I did stumble upon it. Several times in the last two issues, they've referred to thousands of Earths, correct? Yes. I'm not the only one who saw yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, nope. yeah. So I think we could actually go back and answer all the stupid questions we had about math earlier. If if instead of infinite, we replace it with thousands, we could actually figure out how many were destroyed. Oh, yeah, but it's infinite. I think that's just the they thing repeat, for re- our, they our purposes. Re- they repeat it over and over again, infinite Earth. And then yeah. at the end, they correct it. They're like, no, it's more like, like a thousand. Yeah, I don't think it makes much sense if it was only like a thousand. Yeah, I, I'm mostly but, joking uh, around. Yeah, All right, yeah. but yeah, this is the uh, the different continents going through each one of their their, their heroes yeah. fighting back. And uh, how how many how many guys with sun and heat powers does Japan need? Uh, they seem like, like they have more than they need. It, it seems like they looked at the flag and were like, that's good enough. Right. Yeah. At least one right. more. Yeah. I mean, it really makes you realize how stereotypical a lot of the uh, the, the foreign born heroes, which is a are. shame because this is definitely seems to be an attempt to give platform for other other countries other than the U.S. to say, well, the yeah. world is more than just America. What's happening out there? Right. So, well, like, there's one dude fighting in Russia. Yeah. And yeah. We could do that as a joke, and it is funny, but like. It's interesting that they 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 spent pages on this in this book and throughout the, throughout the crossover and in in this final book saying yeah this thing is bigger than just mm-hmm. it's at very least it's an attempt to paint scale and this yes. whole book has been uh, this whole crossover has been an attempt to paint scale right. I think did a fair fair job about it oh, actually yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give it yeah. that a bare minimum yeah all right, so yeah, we've got uh, the Spectre trying to be resurrected for um, one last push against... He's still charging. <laughs> They're still driving <laughs> he's, up. He's at like 65% now. Yeah, and I, I do believe that um, uh, Alexander Luther is is really feeling his, his oats right now. Like, this, is the, this is the thing I was saved to do. And there's a lot of heroes who go through that in this book. They're like, yeah. this is why I'm here. This is why I yeah, exist. Yeah, that's true. Beautiful art all the way through. Um, does anyone want to talk about Dark Side coming by to, um, I guess we should, we should save that for later. Dark Side is finally really introduced to the series in this book. Actually, this, this page where the Forgotten Heroes, they, they travel to Apocalypse and they find Dark Side. Uh, this is a one of a kind page in the book because this is the one page that was penciled by Jerry Ordway and inked by George Perez. Really? Oh. They switch it up just for funsies. Oh, that's cute. That's so, fun. Yeah. I love the way Dark Side looks here, where oh, it's yeah. just welcome to Apocalypse. And it's yeah. just such a, like, man, this is going to sound weird, and I hate to be a comic, sm- comic snob a bit, but there was a time when Dark Side just commanded a page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he just doesn't have it anymore. And I don't know whether that's through particular use overuse it might be yeah because overused by people who are not jack kirby yeah really (laughs) what it is i hate to say that because i I, it's not that i feel like he's ever been always badly used and i hate to use this as my platform to talk about dark side but how many times am i ever gonna do it but it's just like i loved him in the superman animated series where every time he made an appearance i mean one of the had impact one of the best villain lines 
ever was just like when Superman has him beat up and like he thinks he's freed Apocalypse and it's just like they save him anyway, all of his citizens. And oh, he yeah. says, I am many things, Kal-El, but here I am God. And it's just, damn, for a kid show? Yeah, for a kid yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna throw a little it, bit. Yeah, so go, I find go it very unsettling that he he speaks for two full word balloons, and there isn't a single random word in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get a little more of that later. Yeah. Later, it'll, it'll but come, like, yeah. it'll come. Yeah. right here, it's like there's uh, nothing. I'm gonna what, do what a, is he? Where's his emphasis? I'm gonna do a little. <laughs> I'm gonna do a little fanboying too. I like the head spin on Brainiac in that panel just before uh-huh. yep. Dark Side shows up when he's like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> Where it even I wasn't gives, expecting the exact reason I brought us here, <laughs> <laughs> but even it gives Brainiac just a little bit of pause. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, this is probably we're going to get the first death uh, that actually gets called out in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dove is killed from Hawk and Dove. Yeah. yeah. Just ripped apart. They all are really. Yeah. Yeah. He he like bursts like a balloon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like, honestly. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I think yeah. The the shadow demons like this, as soon as they touch you, you just disintegrate and. Uh, one yeah. thing I, I didn't realize until I read Crisis that there was a dude dove. Oh, yeah, yeah, this there was, was originally a dude dove. Guy, yeah. I was only familiar with the uh, the after this female dove. Yeah, mm. because they they created uh, Hawk and Dove in like the late sixties, like nineteen sixty eight, because that was like a that was a the thing, the thing yeah. with the Vietnam War raging. That was a, a phrase that was in the news a lot. So they and and their thing was like you know uh, Hawk was this aggressive guy like a. Like a warhawk, and, and, uh, and Dove was more of a pacifist, a pacifist superhero. Which I love that concept. Yes. I can see how that's really tough to write mm-hmm. because superheroes, by their nature, they defeat things by hitting them. Right. Um, but I just love the concept of a pass uh, a, a pacifist superhero who, who and you, like done well here. She, yeah. Uh, Dove is saving a, a a child's life that Hawk does not have time for because he's too busy beating yeah. things up, uh, and he pays the uh, very very gutsy. Uh, yeah. killing off Dove and mm-hmm. leaving Hawk. Like, it's not like, hey, this is a book that's not selling. Let's get rid of both characters. Who right. This is, there's going to be consequences with this. And they did they did some interesting things with Hawk after this. They like, Eventually, he did team up with the, the female Dove. I, I almost wish it had gone the other way because, like, aggressive superheroes like Hawk are a dime, dime a dozen. dozen. Yeah. And I think it would have been much more interesting to see Dove be the surviving member and deal with I agree. that yeah. because I just just because I think the pacifist superhero is a much more unique concept. I agree, it's very interesting, but from a publishing point of view, no one's buying Dove. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that a, is that a knock about the the cleanliness of comic yes. book geeks? Yes. No one's buying That's Dove. Exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, that is a rumor. All right, uh, a true rumor with it. a basis. A rumor, yeah. if you will. So. Uh, Ooh, I had a trumor, but I had to wash it out with some dove. So, anyways, next page is we got superpower. We got the sorcerers uh, doing their thing. Just enough All to set up the people. fact that they are gonna. There's gonna be something that comes out of this. There's gonna be a payoff. We're setting it up. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I just say one thing? We didn't mention this last issue where where Doctor Occult uh, appears. He he says like he's he's got his little pinwheel symbol thing and yeah. he says it's like the 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 sign of the seven yeah but it's got eight it's got eight sides. it's got eight things on it which that well, we don't talk me. about the eighth yeah. one that bugs me so much i'm like if yeah. you if, if it's the sign of the seven have a thing with seven things one on of it. them was just where he, you keep your finger uh, i guess was he even a thing at this point I, don't, uh, I think he, if he was, if he had existed, he had not been used until recently. He was a like, very obscure character. He was actually created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the same guys who created oh, really? Superman. Oh, that might be why they 
allowed him to have such a big role. Yeah, in and it was own. I think it was a feature that they did before Superman, like nineteen thirty five or something. Mm. So he goes back way far, but mm. they didn't. He he hadn't appeared in probably a couple of decades by this point. Right. All right. So let's get to the meat of things. We're on the ruined asteroid. Oh no, we're the on antimatter world. Yeah, Quard. Yeah, which that is makes now sense. just a world of rubble. Yeah. Because nothing tells me, nothing says antimatter as much as this is a lot of broken stuff. <laughs> well, just, well, but when you have somebody who draws debris as well as George Perez, yeah. I mean, that's one of his strengths. I mean, he's got a lot of strengths, but he's really good at debris. Uh, another one we, we see in this page is seeing lots of little superhero cameos yep. popping up on the page. Plus, this is after the uh, the whole battle from uh, issues, uh, what was it? Uh, Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where everything just kind of went like foobar. Yeah, mm-hmm. it went kablooey. Well, yeah, actually, I guess it went kablooey when the Flash blew it up, blew up the antimatter cannon. Speaking of the Flash, he finally makes his, um, I guess, uh, what, Flash forward? His final appearance. Yeah. 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 Which uh, we see where that vision of the Flash, of Barry Allen Flash, uh, uh, first gets created. Uh, and it's it's a tragic moment for Kid Flash to see this. Yeah, for Kid, a while. Kid Flash tagged along with all the other heroes. He wasn't in the group originally, but we, we see him like run in uh, uh, like a blur. And he's like, oh, don't you see? I had to come with you guys because mm. Barry's dead and I had to do something about yeah. that. I gotta say, this all these sequences here that we have with uh, the Flash costume and Psycho Pirate mm-hmm. made his presence in the books worth, worth it. it. Yes. They yes. absolutely did. It's great. Like, it's, wow. It's a chilling scene where you see the Psycho Pirate and he's like, the, the, the Flash costume's caught between the rubble and he's just tugging at it and, and he's... Psycho Pirate's so far gone, he doesn't realize that the Flash isn't even there. He's just like, Flash, you've got to save me! You've yeah. got, I mean, it's it's... Genuinely disturbing. The fact that he's so helpless, mm-hmm. and and we know for a fact how bad things were with him beforehand. Yeah. Uh, uh, and how bad things are going to be when he gets back. Uh, even the way the panels are laid out, right? Yeah. You've got the uh, begging for help and the cut to, to Wally just saying no, 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 no. The no. close-up like, of his eyes. Yeah. And, oh, and, you know, just seeing Wally react, and he's and he's just like, get your sticking hands he goes full Charlton Heston in yeah. Planet of the Apes. He's like, get, get your sticking paws off that costume, you damn dirty ape. Yes. Um, uh, and then Pariah shows up. And then... Uh, like you do. <laughs> like you do. Just and to bring get, everybody down. And we get a full page. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, great. Pariah's here, guys. I, like, all right. I was going to make it as a joke, but Pariah, literally, your one job is to know where evil is. You say, I don't know where the evil is. And then you say, wait, the evil's over this crest where the evil is enormous. <laughs> but, hey, to, to be fair... Nobody else noticed the, the yeah. giant anti-monitor, including the Superman who have super hearing, supervision, yeah, and who have previously commented about what a curse it is to have the super yes. hearing. Yeah, in, yeah. in, this, in this issue, issue. Yeah. In this, like uh, not ten pages before. Uh, oh man, God. how did we not see the giant? It was over the crest. I mean, yeah. we couldn't. We, uh, we can't see through stuff. He has an amazing <laughs> stealth skill. Yeah, modifier. Uh, I hadn't thought of that before, but yeah, it's absolutely right. Uh, my, I, what I love about this, other than the, it's just beautiful to look at, and the hands are just yeah. wonderful to, to look at with the swirling yeah. negative energy. But the lettering, we didn't, we haven't really spoken a lot about yeah. the lettering in this. Yeah, but uh, I, I think anti monitor in the uh, last 
issue especially has some of the most the most iconic voice like you can feel his voice on the page as he slowly gets beaten up and killed and dies and comes back and dies each time his lettering has mm-hmm. more frantic energy let's, let's call him out by name that's uh, yeah. john costanza who was who was like he was the letterer. Yeah. He lettered most of DC's line, as I recall, from my childhood. It, and it, he was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, of course, when you have an action seg- a s- sequence like that, you want to cut right to Atlantis. Yep. Where things are happening. Yep, some fish people dying. And, and Next. Yeah, we're back to more uh, characters getting killed off. Perez wanted to draw bubbles, okay? <laughs> and in all, fa- in all fairness, as we're talking about pacing and, and, and stakes, this does ratchet up. It, it, it gives you the scope. It, gives it, you the, it makes you feel like a lot of things are happening all over the world. This isn't yeah. just one fight. Because um, honestly, it's, what is this? Another fight between anti- against the mm-hmm. anti-monitor. This, Which we've done a number of times at this so, point. But like, it, they, man... It, it's weird as it's 11 with that breath they give you like man did that do a lot of good because I'm immediately yeah. ready to go back into the fight again uh-huh, the, uh-huh. The, the, yeah. the pacing in this story uh, let's just say modern movies can learn a lesson or two from them yep. yeah uh, so we get an awesome splash page here where you see a bunch of heroes fighting off and this is where like again I don't know if I noticed at the time but when I'm reading through it slower, Green Arrow is he dying? Yeah, I was confused about that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was that's the Earth Two Green Arrow, the Golden Age guy. Oh, so he's the red he, gloves, and the, I got it yeah. right, and the brown hair. Yeah. Um. So he's one of those characters who's basically just killed off because he was redundant. Yeah. Um, oh. Because he didn't he doesn't really do anything that the Earth One Green Arrow couldn't do, and the Earth One guy had a lot more personality and a pitch yeah. and goatee. Wow, well, so. I, I didn't even realize that was Green Arrow. Yeah. Yep. I, I was thinking it was Speedy. Oh, all right. Uh, th- this is we're, we're setting up the death of of uh, uh, Dick Grayson and Huntress in uh-huh. this. And Cole from the, and the, Cole, tit- yes. the Teen Titans. Which, I mean, big book. That These are major deaths that are happening in like a slither of a panel on a page. Yeah, yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh, and we uh, are... Are, are, are we yeah. sure Huntress and, and uh, Robin die here, though? I think I it's think just Cole. I do believe that They, they are all there up. under Cole's uh, uh, little crystal... Uh, shield, yeah, uh, that and, goes and, all shadow, and the shadows just envelop them all. So, it's, oh, okay, so that's it's all three of them. Oh, okay, and it gets uh, and, uh, co- it gets confirmed later on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's one other death here that I want to mention, and it's just a really oh quick death. Yeah, is in Gotham City. Uh, we see Clayface and another character, the, the bug-eyed, yeah. the bug-eyed bandit, who is a character that was killed off just because George Perez thought he was really lame. <laughs> Because George Perez, he was drawing the covers for Who's Who, the book, the the handbook thing that uh-huh. had all of DC's characters, and he got the reference for this character, and he was like, "Who is this guy? He's the Bug-eyed Bandit," and he was like, "That oh, is the stupidest die. name I have ever heard." And he was like, "I," and he worked in comics. And Crazy was, Quilt gets a pass. Yeah, but the Bug-eyed Bandit has Crazy to die. Crazy Quilt gets to like lead a battalion. <laughs> he was he was like, "I I cannot." I, I don't want to have to tell my wife that this character's name is Bug-Eyed Bandit, so he is going to die. That's awesome. So he, he died like just because he looked really 12, goofy, and he had a really goofy name. Mm. So we're getting in some 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 spike deaths. <laughs> so we know that there's two fronts to this final battle that the heroes have finally actually thought of a plan beforehand. I yes. think, you know what? I think this is all thanks to Harbinger, who is like, listen, as a leader, as a 
as a woman in the workplace, I'm going to share my leadership responsibilities with everyone. I'm going to keep everybody up to date with what's actually happening. Right. I'm not the monitor. I won't keep things mysterious. I'm not going to have a bunch of mystery boxes behind me. I'm going to be upfront with everything that's going to happen. And then the the heroes that are fighting anti-monitor know what's going on with the sorcerers in the yeah. background, and they're working in conjunction. And the two fronts are this: are the sorcerers are dealing with the shadow demons. And the heroes out on the on Quard are uh, di- effectively distracting the anti monitor. So what, yeah. what you're yeah. saying basically is that w- when they make the movie of this, not the CW show, uh-huh. but uh, Tina Fey should be playing Harbinger. I would 100 percent yes. Be I, I love it. I am there for that. All yes, in. absolutely. All SNL in. nerds approved. Yes. All right. <laughs> all in. Uh, speaking of all in, uh, Doctor Light, who I refuse to refer to as the female Doctor Light. Oh, I did it. Wow. Uh, the original name is She Doctor Light. Actually. <laughs> God. It's so sad that they're still doing Doctor Et Light. Although I think to be fair, I think they've stopped referring to her as the female Doctor Light, right? I don't think they said it in No, this... no, she's just Doctor Light. But it point. wasn't that long ago. It was yeah. like issue nine or ten that they were right. referring yeah. to that, that. Okay, so anyways, she is recruited because of course there's a reason the monitor made her. She's going to siphon off the battery that anti monitor is using to attack the heroes. Sure. It works. Comics, everyone. Absorbing the power of a sun. That's a big deal. Which I that don't is... believe is a power they established before this. Which no, is... they didn't. But no, but it, it but tracks. Sure do it. Yeah, it tracks. It but makes it, sense. But it's, yeah, she absorbs solar energy. So, I mean, it's it's her pushing her powers to the utmost limit. No, I'm yeah. just saying, I don't, I don't think we established that she absorbed solar energy before this. Well, we do have a couple people, a lot of heroes here who are... Um, Taxing themselves to the utmost level. You've got Dr. Light we refer to. Alexander Luther is, um, he's spreading himself thin. He's channeling all the negative energy. He's going way again. cosmic. He's going full Jim Starlin. Exactly. He's got the little dots and stars all over him. Yeah. And even, uh, I keep calling her the wrong thing, Negative Woman? That's not it. Negative no, Woman. It is. Oh, it's that Negative is her Woman. Name. That's Good. it, yeah. Uh, is uh, basically wrestling uh, the Anti-Monitor down. It's interesting what heroes they decided are going to have a part in this final takedown. I wouldn't have Thought yeah. like negative woman would be like the person to physically push down yeah, anti-monitor, I, but it makes sense. She's yeah, one of the, energy. Yeah, yeah. she's one of the few that they didn't take along to the anti-monitor universe before. So it's neat to see like what contribution she makes, and it's and it is amazing. Like you said, how much more effective these heroes are when they have a definite plan. Yep. Yeah. And they, they actually are coordinating with each other. And it's not just, and it's a much more interesting to read as yeah. a fight scene, too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, they seem smarter and they seem to have a purpose. It's not just random punching and throwing laser beams around. So, hey, personally, I would have liked to have seen them develop the plan a little bit more. Sure. Instead of us just being told, no, there is a plan. I think that that does we that the suffering on that comes up in a little bit. So this is the mm. first moment Anti Monitor is defeated in this issue. Arg! Exactly. We'll call that the Arg defeat. Yeah. Uh, at this point, everyone's like, ah, well, uh, we won. Yeah, so uh, that was the thing that happened. Alexander Luther, can you become a giant wormhole so that we can all be sucked back into <laughs> into real space? He's like, yep. Can you I? Bet, you bet I, I, I you, can. Fam. And he does so. And as people are heading towards that. Uh, that world, we see a little spark of life in Anti Monitor's body. Is and we somebody see... pushing Earth through? Uh, maybe, or does it, is it just going of its own volition? It's, I think it's just the force of like it's like opening a a window on an airplane. It's like, shh, oh, okay. sure. yeah, anti vacuum. 
And then we see that little green energy bowl that is, in fact, the um, the, shadow the shadow demons <laughs> tied up. Which, by the as we find out, is all part of the plan. So we're right. like, well, okay. Right. Yeah, we haven't found that out yet. Yeah. So at this point, Superman from Earth 2 notices that the rumble and quad is moving. Rubble is moving. And uh, that's where the anti-monitor has been buried. Uh, buried is a is a loose term here, Superman. But okay. Uh, and he doesn't <laughs> yeah. like this Covered. at all. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like it at all. We find out that the anti-monitor is planning a comeback. The anti monitors to become the greatest you must defeat Shang Long. So I love this part because two things anti-monitor decides I'm going to absorb the energy of the shadow demons to fight the heroes and also screw destroying the universe I just want to kill the heroes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like good. Or, well I, I think he's he's like I don't even care if I die yeah. with, with yeah. the that death of the universe. Well, as as like, then it's I don't give a damn if I die yep. I just want to kill Superman. But like uh, we are actually missing the original like big ploy that he has at the beginning of this, like, which is a great villain speech about, like, I've a thousand worlds and all of them have fallen, like, but you, this one planet and your stubborn life, and it's just like yeah. him just exacerbated with, like, you're right, how it's just a good, this it's one. A great line. Yeah, oh, we it's talked so about, good. We talked about the lettering, but we didn't talk about what that was actually being said, and yep. that was amazing. Yep. Uh, this is where Wonder Woman seemingly is killed. Oh my uh, yeah. god, I hated it. He spits out yeah. some, I you know, I don't know what it is, if it's acid breath or, or some sort of laser, it seems laser like force beam negative thing. energy from, he's vomiting up negative energy. Yeah, yeah. and then she just, man, and it's, it's so weird because consistently I see like that, that picture, that iconic picture where you see Earth 1 Superman holding uh, Supergirl and Earth 2 mm-hmm. holding Wonder yeah. Woman, and I just thought, oh, there's going to be a death scene for Wonder Woman in this book at some point. And this is it, and it's like, no. oh wow, that uh, yeah. Hmm, how about that? And the fact that at this point, this is where I said it would suffer the lack of seeing the planning, is because when when Earth Two Superman is like, we knew this would happen. Uh, well, actually, this will, this uh-huh. we knew that Anti Monitor would return and try to absorb the Shadow Demons, and we have poisoned the Shadow Demons to skip them. Why were you that. so surprised when this yeah. happened to Patriot why were you, before? Not only why were you so surprised, but why was if, why was Wonder Woman in mid retreat and get shot? Yeah. Like it feels. Why like didn't we have things cost. like, "Hey, we better hurry up because, as you remember, we predicted he's going to come back." Yeah, it, it was. Mm. It's a little weak at this point. I, I think that it was just it, it was a casualty of Marv trying to build the suspense. Yeah, you know, yeah. he wants the reader to be surprised, so therefore he has the heroes be surprised. Uh, yeah, and and, I'm, and, I'm, and I am kind of okay with that, but it's like, man, did I want this death to hit harder? And it sucks that like I almost feel like yeah. Dove hit harder than this, and not the yeah. well, not uh, to like not hit. not uh, it's not a small part because mm-hmm. of what ends up happening with Wonder Woman. And yes. I think just to play devil's advocate, I think the reason they don't give her a big death scene is because even when they did this, they knew Wonder yeah. Woman would be coming back. They it's literally had, in this issue. They had no plans to bring Supergirl back or Dove back or any or or the Barry Allen well, Flash. Yeah. But like we're losing Earth Two Wonder Woman here, aren't we? No, this is the Earth One One. one. Yeah, really? that is tough to say. Earth One Wonder Woman. That yeah. is a then, lot of W. Okay, sounds. so okay, Earth so, Two yeah. doesn't seem to have come oh, back yeah. to fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think she's in there. I, I, can, I can't remember anymore. Then maybe that's where my my weird disconnect is, is because I thought that was Earth 2 Wonder Woman no. kicking it, and no. then, then we were just kind of like, oh, all right, that's weird. No, the Earth 2 Wonder Woman had the eagle emblem still, okay. and the Earth 1 Wonder Woman has the double W. So she just chilling And she doesn't look now? old. Yeah, there, there are two Wonder Womans here. I just oh, turned okay. back, and right. yeah, they are both there. They so. do kind of address this at the end of the book, which we'll get to in a little bit, cool. but right. I don't... 
I don't even remember being able to parse it. I do think it's fair that even in this issue, they knew that Wonder Woman that they were killing off here wasn't going to stay dead. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, it ended up being George Perez who ended up revamping her, yeah. which they didn't know at the time. Um, because, as I said, with like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all the plans were kind of up in the air. But it finally settled where we had John Byrne revamping Superman, Frank Miller and Dave Mazzucchelli revamping Batman, and George Perez revamping Wonder Woman. So we had like the three biggest writers and artists in comics uh, revamping the three biggest characters of DC, and I, that was that was really exciting to read. And I have to say, like, I'm really actually kind of happy that there was like no plan after this because mm-hmm. I feel like it did free up the story to kind of go or breathe where it wanted to. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to well, everything's got to end in this area, and like there's and then it feels like you had to shoot. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Well, let's not talk yeah, about yeah. the afterwards gotcha. until we get there. Yeah. Uh, this basically is just an elaborate setup so we could have the dramatic moment of the sore thumb. Supermans and the, the sort, yeah, the two sort of them Superman or Superboy, Superman from Earth Two, yep. and um, I forgot her name, Lady Quark was it? Lady Quark, Lady Quark, Lady Quark. Yep. Uh, showing up, being the last people before the the finish line, and arguing vehemently over who has to stay behind to kill the Antimatter for I think the third or fourth time. Right. <laughs> they uh, all want dibs. Yeah, they all basically want dibs. The best part of the sequence is, uh, and you get the emphasis back now, is um, is Darkseid looking through Luther's, uh, Alexander Luther's eyes. Yeah. Alexander Luther going, what is happening to my eyes right now? <laughs> and, and we have some of the Darkseid quotes, Peter. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, you humans were, quote unquote, right to come to me. <laughs> Your Alex Luther is a quote-unquote conduit between universes. I mean, it really Think does... If, it, if he's mean, being sarcastic. It gives it gives Darkseid's dialogue that odd Kirby rhythm. I yeah. mean, it's it's really amazing. But, but then also read it as if he was being... Uh, those are sarcasm quotes. He's like, Alex Luther is a conduit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you, you humans were right to come to me. Yeah, Darkseid's just being really catty. Yeah. <laughs> I love his my science... Uh, per, uh, permits me to see through his eyes. Yes, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Your science. Yeah, I like yes, it. You, you you wield science as a power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it's not science. magic. It's science. He's got science. Well, he has he science, science and magic. He, yeah. He's just choosing to use science right now. <laughs> Behold my science wand, with which I will science away. <laughs> So at this point, we get the final showdown between uh, Superman from Earth 2, Anti-Monitor, Superman, the original Superman. Right. Yep. The OG Superman. Superman. Action Comics number one. Yeah. A little Og bit, Superman. <laughs> a, a little bit of Superboy, who is maybe the icon of what Superman is to our world in a way. Yeah. Because he, he, he's from a world where our comics exist. I think there's a mm-hmm. little bit of... From Earth Prime. Right. And the throwdown fight... With Anti-Monitor, the ultimate negation of everything. This is this is like the end of a Terminator movie at this point, because he just keeps coming back, and he keeps coming back, and, you know, it's a... <laughs> to the point where Superman throws him into a sun, and he comes back with Superman, I will not die until you die with me. Yeah. And at this point, first time reading this, I was like, all right, that's what they're going to do. This story is a story about sacrifice. Again, Superman must die to save 
everything, the universe. At least one. Yeah, and it's going to be the 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 OG Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm like that is interesting, but to be honestly, I've I've heard that story. Uh, to be honest, I've heard that story a lot. Yeah, I, we have. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. pretty pretty typical. But he has. I love that moment where like after Darkseid uses powers and they've destroyed like as much as it can be, and it's just his spirit at this point. It's just yeah. like. Like, his body's not even around anymore, and Superman just like, I have had enough! And it's yeah. just like, he's done. And I'm like, I love it when a hero gets exasperated to that point, where, and that's how they finish it, where it's just like, I'm done with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love that, I love that moment when in it. You punch someone's soul. It's a, <laughs> I, I, and this is something you never saw with Superman, particularly in this era. You never saw Superman get PO'd to the point where he's like, I am going to straight up kill you. <laughs> right. I am going to punch you so hard that yeah. your your sun soul Kirby dot energy thing will fly apart and he, you will never come back together. And he even says this earlier in the issue. He's like, I've never wanted to take a life, but yeah. there's no way out of this. Yeah. Um, and I think last issue setting up the existential crisis Superman helps this issue deal with that, that major moment where Superman is deadly. Right, mm-hmm. I sure mm-hmm. hope they don't undo that. Well, guess what? <laughs> I would disagree with this. Actually, I, like I said, I uh, or what Pete was implying that this was an undo. So I, at the time, I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, all right, co. So this is going to be Superman dies fighting the big bad, and you know, it's a story I've heard before. To see him f- defeat the enemy and mm-hmm. then get. Like, he doesn't have to sacrifice himself. It's very nebulous, obviously. He's going to what's effectively heaven until it gets changed, I think. Yeah, because, like, Alexander Luther, he's like, I knew this was going to happen, and I I saved your Lois just in case. Yeah. You needed her later Sorry I didn't mention that before. (laughs) When you were having your crisis. It would have been nice, like, if they were, when they were Uh, all in Titan's Tower for him to say. This was crisis on Infinite Earth, like crisis in Superman's mind. (laughs) Well, you know what? I I mean, I didn't save Barry Allen. I didn't save Supergirl. It felt kind of awkward to tell you I saved Lois, but (laughs) the 70-year-old in front of everybody else, she needs to be the one that I... I I will say, I do like the line, though, where he says, like, you know, the Everything, everyone was going to be lost, but yeah. you, the first and the greatest hero, like, I did not yes. want you to suffer in that. Right. Look, I have her inside me. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I know. The dialogue this is, is not creepy. Very weird. <laughs> it gets weird afterwards, and I'll have my complaints about that, but I want to give that line credit where yeah. it did hit home. And in a it book did, yes. full of fan service, this is what that is. This is acknowledging oh, yeah. these two are, are the, the big ones. They are the first. Yeah. And, and he's, they are showing them the respect that they are due. Right. I mean... Yeah, Alex is he once again his powers are doing whatever the plot requires him to do. Right. Um, you know, very nebulous powers and then they they're all just like we're they are all basically just going off to heaven. Yeah. And and so yeah, so we we get Superman and Lois, they get to go off to heaven and Alex and Superboy tag along, like, which we'll doesn't to. seem awkward. Yeah. I mean, what are those two going to do? Yeah. <laughs> heaven is inside Alexander Luther. <laughs> Wow. Um, I, I hope we get somehow flagged for copyright because of that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, it, it really wouldn't be a uh, heaven without some Belinda Carlisle solo sure, material. Sure, of course. Of course I mean, if, if there is an afterlife, for God's sakes, I want Belinda Carlisle to be a part of it. As weird as this is going to sound, I don't necessarily mind what they're doing. Uh-huh. But Pete and Frank aren't wrong. The wording here is a little 
weird that mm-hmm. he come into come inside me and like, I was inside him, Clark, in a place that was so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, like I I don't and the things to eat, my God. <laughs> It's all, all of it. Yeah. I can't take you back to Earth, but I am a tunnel into that other place. Come with me. We will go there. Yeah. I mean, there you could put a creepy spin on that dialogue. It's, it's a little not. off. It's a little... It doesn't read as well. Maybe it read better back in the day. Yeah. It probably did. We, we, we took it more as a, just straightforward yeah. back in the but day. But I will say this. Like, it's even... Even without the dialogue being a little weird, it's a little weird. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't mind him saving Lois and... But the... Like, hey, let's just get all the loose threads and put them in a pocket universe uh-huh. uh, until we want to play with those toys again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's appealing. Hey, that sounds like Marvel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, right? Like, a I don't. Lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. I think that's an interesting idea. But like, it's it's just a- after such clean and concise and no pacing issues, this felt like the only thing that was just a little sloppy. Yeah. I, I I disagree. I really mm-hmm. think this read well for me. Yeah. This made me feel like, honestly, it, it, something had to happen with this Superman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. if he ended up dead, I'd be like, all right, another Superman dies. No, I didn't dies. want him to die. I want to be very clear on it that. Was, uh, and, yeah. and Marv Wolfman didn't want him to die either, because he said in interviews, like, his rule of thumb was he was not going to kill off any character that was created before he was born. Oh, Because nice. he didn't really feel like he had the right to do that. Mm. Um, now, uh, Marv is like a Silver Age baby, so he was born uh, sometime in the... 50s, I think, mid to late 50s. So that left all the Silver Age people like wide open. But any Golden Age people like the original Superman and the original Wonder Woman, he did not feel like he had the right to kill off. So he he let them basically just go off to heaven and be happy forever. And honestly, I I, and Wildcat didn't technically die. Yeah, this yeah he just crippled him. This works for me. I like that. They effectively got retirement to the Elysian fields. Yeah, and I I love Wonder Woman's rebirth. Yeah, Wonder Woman's rebirth is like, all right, I'm literally going to reset the clock on her. I'm not going to make it very yeah. confusing over which Wonder Woman was the one who survived. Although there is a little bit of that with the uh, she sure the does older look Woman. older. But there no. Just... So what happened is this: there, the the Wonder Woman who was younger, who would, I guess Earth there, two, Earth one, Wonder Earth Woman one Wonder is Woman, the younger one is. Uh, it turned back into clay and goes back in time, and right. now he's reclaiming the ancient, the from made from clay mythos of Wonder Woman. Exactly. Uh, okay. So yeah, Earth Two Wonder Woman, I believe, just retires and joins the gods. Yeah, she and That's she and her says. husband Steve Trevor they go out to Mount Olympus yeah. to live happily ever after. Basically. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, and they are literally never heard from again. Right. But in theory, there is another Wonder Woman there, and Steve Trevor, American, <laughs> who is uh, part of the Greek pantheon. He's like, I guess. I mean, he, it's basically my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> but with Wonder I Woman, want that miniseries I want now. That movie, make that movie. Uh, Steve Trevor Sink trying to get along with the in-laws. Uh, and, and you know my what? Big, you, my he, big fat Themyscira wedding. <laughs> honest to God, I would want it with the cast from my big fat Greek wedding. Sure, but starry as the their comic book things with then, John Corbett as Steve Trevor. Uh, it works, and, yeah. and then you could have a cameo with the uh, people from the uh, the the new Wonder Woman movie. I think that would be fine. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. We're, we are giving you guys gold. If anybody's listening to this and wants to write any of these stories, gold. Yep, and, and we have some great like uh, moments, such as like of just people mourning. Yeah, yeah people have yeah. passed. I didn't realize. Um, what's his name? Sunfire? Is that his name? Um. Uh, 
I sunburst. Sunburst. Sunfire that is Marvel. That was so yeah. odd because yeah. I didn't realize he died. I don't it's know. not clear because he was in, in the, the battle. Yeah. yeah. It says yeah. it says like they were overwhelmed or something like yeah. that, or they fought as long yeah. as they could. Yeah. It's very vague. He yeah. was <laughs> not worth a uh, panel. Death. We do get and, a rebirth in this. A yeah. death we forgot to mention was uh, Lori Lamaris, who is uh, Superman's mermaid girlfriend. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mentioned it. We, I mentioned did we? It. Okay. I, well, I said a bunch of fish people die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I guess that counts. counts. That, that's yeah. enough. That's enough of a hat. Yeah. Tip to and that we do one, get a birth of a superhero uh, for the next age here. Wally West officially. Um, Puts on the, yeah. the Flash costume and says, I will be the new Flash. And, and he, he is the Flash for like a long time. The next like, 25 years. He's who I knew as the Flash before yeah. Barry Allen. Like, uh, like I knew Wally West. Like, it yeah, was, yeah, a whole generation. And and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say that this kind of payoff makes Crisis worth it, right? Because yeah. it's, it's not as if... We have plenty of situations where, hi, I'm Alan Scott. I'm the Green Lantern. Whoa, mm-hmm. ho, ho, I'm I'm also the Green Lantern. And they're just not in the yeah. same universe or whatever. This allows legacy to pass off. Yes. You allow a character to have a reason to want to put this costume And on. this was really the first time we ever saw that happen in the DC universe. We'd already seen Dick Grayson, Robin grow up to become Nightwing. But that was him, him becoming his own person. Right. This is the first time we ever saw a kid sidekick fulfill that implicit promise that he someday grows up and becomes takes over the mantle. Yeah. And this was and and amazingly this was like sort of a last minute thing that they decided. Wow. Because they were planning to have a new flash, but for whatever reason the the plans for the new flash and it was going to be a completely new character. And they'd even I think mentioned the character in passing in like Teen Titans or something as a setup. Um and I can't remember the name of the character now. But it was it was going to be like a new Flash and a new costume and all that, and then those plans fell through. So finally, they were just like, "Okay, well, we need to do something. Let's just have Wally become the Flash," and and, and then they did that, and, and it, it stuck legs. for twenty five years. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Cool. And I appreciate this the the sign off with our orphaned characters, yeah, uh, Lady Quark uh, and Lida Harbinger and, and and I guess Pariah, <laughs> just going off saying, all right, we're going to write these histories and what have you, and then the ridiculous, the re- image okay. of the Monitor looking down with a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Harbinger. <laughs> okay, that that is what you did with dead characters in the Silver and Bronze Age. Oh, there was always a panel mm. of them in the being clouds. mourned or remembered, and you look up in the clouds, and there's image up in the clouds. Yeah. That is like a big trope. There's so many other people that deserve to be in the clouds yeah. than the monitor. Well, he's yeah. the most important person to I Lila. Guess. So, But we, we did skip over a couple panels at the top of that page. Yeah. I think we did deserve some attention. Yes. The yeah. commandy Tommy Tomorrow thing, which <laughs> I am... Uh, I'll be honest, part of me is still upset about this. Um, they, like, they're talking about how not only the past of the, the Earth has been rewritten, but the future has been rewritten. Yeah. Instead of having multiple futures, we now have one consistent future for the DC Universe. That'll last for about 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> it didn't last as long as the one Earth thing, certainly. Yeah. Um, but they did try to stick to it. So, so they did try to have a consistent future going forward. That incorporated things like Jonah Hex in the post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, Jonah the, Hex in the post-apocalyptic world. I was like, what? I didn't even know. That book did not last very long. I was just like, no, I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, it was like, you know, he was like the last Western book, yeah. and it, it was being canceled due to low sales. Nobody so so likes Westerns. Yeah. Let's so put they, him in space. Well, they said, Let, let's, yeah. do, hey. let's go Mad Max with it. it and works. they did. They in put him places. in the Mad Max thing, and it only lasted like, I think, a year and a half. You know what? They did that with He-Man, too, and it didn't work either. And... Uh, but uh, like they take Commandy, who which was a Jack Kirby book from the seventies with 
Uh, it was a post-apocalyptic Planet of the Apes type world with right. talking animals because they've been mutated by radiation. Right. And they decided to say, oh, well, instead of that, he's found by General Horatio Tomorrow of the Planeteers, and he grows up to become Tommy Tomorrow instead. Which was an existing character, so it's just a weird a, a sci-fi character from the 1950s who was, I'll be honest, extremely dated because he had like these purple Bermuda shorts. You can see Horatio <laughs> Tomorrow. And even it was just a very goofy, cheesy kind of yeah. character. And I don't... I, can you retcon the future? Well, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> there and, you go. And uh, so Bob Greenberg. But is that still retroactive? It's very weird. Bob Greenberg, who was an editor at DC at the time, he explained it to me. He was like, yeah, we, we did that because Commandy's future didn't really, with the great disaster, didn't really fit in sure. to the other stuff. And I was like, yeah, but you decided that it made more sense to preserve Tommy tomorrow going forward than Commandy. Yeah. And I was still like, it feels like it would be best to just make an alternate time, but I, I get yeah, it. Or I mean, just it's have like, him like on another planet or like, just shove him even further into the future. Or I don't know, but it, it just, it still boggles my mind that they took a Jack Kirby comic from like 10 years before. And they, they got rid of that in favor of, the Preserving 1950s Tommy tomorrow. Tommy tomorrow from 30 years before. When I looked at that, I'm like, this can't be real. And I looked, yeah, uh, unbelievable. It's so weird. It's it's still a, it is my an mind. odd one. Yeah. I, I still say that is that is a place where they zigged where they should have zagged. So epilogue, uh, I think one of the strongest moments in this is the epilogue. I uh, agree 100% mm-hmm. on that Just one. Just the, oh, this, this crazy guy, he's talking about a bunch of stuff that happened about a right. crisis on multiple Earths. And, or... Everybody and, knows there's only one Earth. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and the, 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 just the, the, the pan, the slow uh, pan out of, uh, or zoom out of uh, a psycho pirate in, in, I believe, Arkham. Yeah. Being the only person who remembers... And I think canonically, f- a little bit after this, basically the only person who oh, yeah, remembers he, the multiple Earths. He yeah. never forgets. Yeah. They, they yeah. followed that up. Or Grant Morrison did more with that in Animal Man. Yeah. It's really, and, really fascinating. What a great... I mean, I, I would say that you leave this book thinking that several characters remember, but uh, certainly at least the, the, the group who are looking at the ghost of Monitor in this cloud. Uh, officially the but, heroes yeah. remember, but they never really comment on it. Right. And these... Uh, and having Psycho Pirate... It just, it almost makes you feel like you've experienced something insane. And we've yeah. talked about this a couple of times in this review series uh, about the the similarities or the the touches on the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this is a, we leave it in your hands, but a little yeah, low, a low key leave it in your hands. I can see that. Uh, but I think this uh, hit the stands before the last issue of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. but I uh, so. but yeah, I love that dialogue at the end where he's just like, you know, nothing's certain anymore. Nothing's predictable like it used to be. These days, you just never know who's going to die and who's going to live. I mean, that's pretty much a mission statement for the DC Universe going forward. Mm. Mm. Because, like, the tagline for this series was, worlds will live, worlds will die, nothing will ever be the same. And he says that, and to great effect. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think they pretty much fulfilled that mandate. I mean, they, they, they did get a much more unified DC Universe out of it. They got a more unpredictable DC Universe out of it. And hopefully they got... And I believe their sales did increase. They got some Marvel readers... Yeah going i wanted to say one more thing about that little epilogue with harbinger um uh pariah and lady quark uh uh, this is something i noticed my reread harbinger or or i guess i should say lila she was saying she's saying like you know life must never stand still must constantly move ahead we should never forget the past we should always look to the future because that's where we're going to spend the rest of our lives so this gigantic 
12-issue series that redefined the DC Universe, it's basically ending with a quote from Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> wow. That is Criswell's narration at the beginning, almost word for word. And, I don't know if it's intentional. And a but, secret F you to all the, the readers who are like, but my continuity. Like, but nope, I look love that so much. I, I love, love that this series ends by uh, Lila quoting Criswell love from it. Plan 9. Man, <laughs> it's... It's such a weird thing having finished this again because it does fill me with a lot of like not necessarily tragedy, but like I, f- I feel like they did it in one mm-hmm. for DC anyway. Mm. And I just don't ever feel like they quite hit it again. Well, yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's some fairness into this. Um, uh, so any final no- uh, thoughts before we go into the most important thing about Near Mint, the review? I'd just like to say I don't think you can it's possible to overstate the importance of this storyline mm-hmm. in, in comics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from when I, ju- I jumped on to comic books and later DC comics after this, a couple of years after this. And after a couple of years, I, I understand now that, you know, blue beetle was brought in to DC comics at this point. So many of those heroes mm-hmm. were brought in for the first time in this. Yeah. And I did not, realized that until i read this yeah i mean to me those characters were always a part of dc continuity it's like they they were part of the bedrock there was a before and an after for this yeah definitely so you're doing our you basically started us off i think you're going to give us your review what did you what did you think uh the classic hmm. near mint review to remind all our listeners it's mint that's the best it could be near mint good you know there's some good things and some bad fair Mm. And then finally, poor, which is yep, just, just like they used to grade comic book conditions. That's right. Um, hmm, it's a tough one. I'm I'm right on the fence between two of them. Ooh, uh, it's like there there was a lot of tough slog in here, and a lot of stuff that was just way too den- deep in the weeds for me. It makes me want to give it a good. Uh huh. But I think I'm going to be generous and give it a near mint. Because uh, Fair yeah, because of just its seminal quality. Al, you, as someone who's read the book before, what do you think? I think that when you follow this thing from beginning to end, um, there's a lot of, like, and even with us, when we're sitting there and we were reading it for the first time, like, oh, the gorilla's got a cape. Ah! Like, there's so, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. There's so much of that when you start off. And there's so much of just the DC history and it's just kind of like a highlight reel and it's kind of goofy and weird and it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can take this seriously, but it's almost written knowing that. It's almost written as if it's aware that that's how you're going to start and it writes to that to the point where eventually we get to where everything starts to slow down and then speed up and like you get the, the villains having their climactic battle. There's all these great like stellar moments to the book as it starts to redeem itself from its kind of goofy you know, beginnings, which is almost like DC in a way okay. when you really yeah. think about it. And it sort of follows a lot of that as it goes on. Like it's, it's almost like reading a history of the comic book company itself. If you like, you could yeah. at least look at it that way. And I feel like, God, if that was intentional, if that was, if that was, you know, what they went in there with, then that's incredible. And I really enjoyed reading this really loved it to death. It's a mint all the way for me. Mint. Very good. All right. John Trumbull, you're our, our resident, knowledgeable geek. We're just going to go right Thank there. Thank you. You're a horrible, horrible geek. What do you think of this book? Um, I mean, it's for me, it's impossible for me to separate 
this book from my nostalgia for it. I mean, because okay. I read this, I'm instantly back to being 13 years old. Actually, my parents, we, they used to have a picture. They staged it, but it was, it was a picture of me reading Crisis Number 7 at 13. Oh, they, really? they staged a picture of me like reading it on our kitchen table with like a stack of school books like unopened next to it. <laughs> and I'm just re- reading Crisis instead. Nice. And it was a staged photo, but it wasn't far off from the truth because, I mean, that was... And and I chose that comic for a reason. I want to see that photo. But uh, right. yeah, so do I. I haven't seen it in years. I think yeah. we lost it in some move or another. But um, and I mean, yeah, the the book. I'm not uh, unaware of the problems in the in the book. I mean, it's it covers a lot of ground. It's got plot holes. It it has some things that don't quite add up. But gosh, is it fun? And I mean, it's it's got a lot of great moments. So I mean, I think I have to go near mint too. So very nice. All right. So yeah, I, I mean, for my review, I think we've we everybody has already said it. There, this thing is it's hard to divorce from uh, its history in comics, and I think it's fair to read uh, 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 media in the period it was created. So while there is a lot of awkwardness and a lot of, it would be hard for many modern readers to get through it. If you're picking up 1985's Crisis on Infinite Earths, you should know what you're getting into. Yeah. And as long as you know what you're getting into, this is seminal. You gotta have, you have to have read it at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. So, Mint. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. It's Clean all sweep. Mint. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, honest to God, this was a very fun read. Uh, Pete, thanks for suggesting we do this. Uh, this was your idea, and I think it it, it was fun to do for 12 hours. I'm episodes. glad it came out the way it did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very uh, happy. And of course, well, James couldn't be here for the last two episodes, but thank you, James, for contributing. Al, thank you very much for contributing. Anytime. Again, I, I when I picked up the book about three or four years ago, I didn't quite know what I was getting into, but it was just like, <laughs> it was a pleasure this? then, and it's a pleasure now. John Trumbull, thank you so much. It was such a blast having you in. For, I, for I had a great time. Weeks. It was awesome. Would uh, not have been the same without your expertise. Absolutely. You. It'd be a lot of thank us you. going like, what's going on? What? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Why, Why are there random scuba divers? I think I actually liked oh, man, this read through more than my first time because we did have John here to like pick yeah, up any of the things I was missing. I, after we taped the first episode, I was like, I've got to keep coming here just just to provide the, the proper <laughs> historical context. Oh, can you imagine? It's what my our, duty. What, what our listeners would have thought of this this review show. I, there are already probably some people pulling out their hair, but the people who would be like, "He yeah. keeps saying it's Earth Two Wonder Woman and it's not." You idiots! So many angry comments, but, and we got maybe a third of those now. So thank you very much. Where can we find out more about your various leavings? What? Oh, <laughs> a bad way of referring to it. What an odd way. To- yes. <laughs> Um, uh, well, I, as, as you've been mentioning at the top of every show, and thank you very much for doing that, I write for Back Issue Magazine from mm-hmm. Tomorrow's Publishing. That's T-W-O-M-O-R-R-O-W-S. Uh, so if you go to tomorrows.com, you can find all about Back Issue and uh, the various other magazines that they have. Back Issue talks about comic books from the Bronze Age of Comics, like what we've been talking about from the 70s, 80s, 90s, on up to today. <laughs> and we uh, we interview lots of cool comic creators and ask them geeky questions like, well, what were you thinking when you did this 
panel. And, and they actually like, put up with you guys. They answer. do. That's they amazing. do. They are very tolerant. A I lot mean, of answers was, I needed to get paid. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times, yeah, there, it's, uh, sometimes it's like, I don't remember. That's 20 or 30 years ago, and I haven't been rereading this <laughs> Sometimes that's more. That that's, that's a fun response when you're oh, like, but, oh, yeah, this was because somebody from editorial told me they have to do it. All right. But, cool. it, oh, yeah. but it is, yeah, I mean, li- literally, like, one time I, I talked to Denny O'Neill, I was like, how did you get this assignment to write this uh, one shot on Sherlock Holmes? And he just said, someone in a suit and tie asked me to do it. I don't remember who. And I was like, <laughs> I love that. That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and we have a, we have a, uh, a, a group on Facebook, the uh, back, back Issue group. So just uh, if you want to check it out, just go there, request the membership, answer the membership questions, and I will approve your membership. And you can talk about comic books to your heart's content and let them know who sent you uh we yeah. also have a group on facebook it's facebook.com slash group slash nompro to discuss all the stupid things we talk about not only is it comic books but it's television movies and uh you know what the cw shows uh which have by now maybe wrapped up by the time you're listening to this podcast probably definitely uh, probably. and we are going to talk a little bit more about it maybe in an upcoming episode especially if you call for it just leave a comment on this podcast and let us know that's something you're interested in and thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of Near Mint, please like, follow, and subscribe so you get the latest in the podcatcher of your choice. We do specials all the time, and we don't even know what our next read-through is going to be, so leave us a comment and suggest something. We might actually end up doing that. Um, leave us a good review so more people find out about the show, and tell your friends, of course. Good night, everybody. So, Kingdom Come next? No. <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.